The day of Tishabov is the day of Kinot, the recitation of the elegies, the lamentations. In the Ashkenazic tradition, many of these Kinot were penned by Eliezer Kalir, and the whole first set of Kinot that are often recited are the work of Kalir, and they often begin with the word Eicha. Of course, Eicha, how could it be? How could it happen? What has befallen us? That's the first word of Megillat Eicha. And Kalir picks this up, and he describes in so many different ways the calamities that have befallen the Jewish people. The word Eicha actually can be understood in different ways. Eicha, how could it happen? But Eicha could also mean how did it happen? Now, Kalia wrestles with this in many ways, and it's interesting to focus, for example, on one of the keynotes that are typically recited in the morning of Tishabav, Eicha et asher asuhu tava meni ligvot nishiehu. How can one alter as it was? How can one change when it was already accomplished? It was already predestined. And the point of this particular kina, which Kalir interprets many biblical passages, the genius of Kalir is in his interpretation. His readings, which are very profound and very interesting, the use of language, apart from the technical virtuosity of the way he constructs these keynotes, which is quite amazing. And he gives examples of what he suggests are predestined, that is to say, foretold. The destruction of the temple is already foretold. And he runs through different passages in the Torah. And one of the things he focuses on is the story of creation, the story of Adam. So, of course, this, again, in alphabetical order, Dorach, often the first word of his poems is taken from Eicha, one of the chapters of Eicha. Dorach tochef mi beit ha'otzar, v'herahu ki ha'matza katzar, davali bo kibat biat banav bihatzar, v'yikonen alav Eicha bi'ayeka bi'etzar. It's not clear, of course, the precise translation, but Dorach Dochef Mi Beta Its Otsar refers to the fact that Adam was pushed out from the treasure house, referring to the Garden of Eden. Herol Katsar, God showed him there was no longer any room. Davab Libo, he was saddened, Kibat Biat Banav Biatsar when he saw that his children would fall into the hands of the enemy. And in that moment, uttered a lament with the words of Eicha. Aleph Yud Kaf Hei is the Hebrew, but can also be read, Ayeka, where are you? God calls to Adam in the garden, where are you? Adam was hiding from God after having eaten of the forbidden fruit. God cried out, Ayeka, but Ayeka and Eicha, in the unvocalized Hebrew, are the same letters. So the poet, Kalir, sees in that story the first banishment, one might say the destruction of the first temple, the first sacred space, sees in that a foretelling of what is to be in the future. The question here is how one translates Davali Bo, 
כבת ביד בניו ביד צר, ויכונן עליו אייקה, איכה ביאייקה ביד צר. To whom is that referring? It could be referring to God. God was saddened. The poet speaks in very human terms. God was saddened when God saw that his children would fall to the hands of the enemy. And God, when God cried out, it was a lament. Where are you in time of, 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 of difficulty? It's interesting, in the Hebrew, the Torah says that Adam, having eaten of the fruit, hides from God, together with Eve, together with his wife, and God is walking in the garden, and God calls out, Ayeka, where are you? In truth, the Bible is words, but we can't hear the sound. Ayeka can be read in different ways. Ayeka can be read, where are you, as, where are you? That is to say, what have you done? It's a God knows who Adam is, so, like, how could you do this? How could you do this? That's, I don't know where you're at. That's one way to read Ayeka. That it's a, that it's a, an indictment. Another way to read Ayeka is actually in most human terms, where are you? The human being is hiding from God, and God is searching. Where are you? God can't find the human being. That's how the Torah presents it. It's a question. Where are you? I don't see you. Where, what happened to you? God is concerned. And the other way to read Ayeka is a kind of lament. Oh, where are you? What have you done? It's a lament. There are three ways to read it. We can't hear the sound. But the Ayeka can be read in three different ways. One way to understand Kawiya's interpretation is that referring to God. That God actually is lamenting and God is the first one to lament, to lament the fact that God and the human have been separated, that they can't occupy the same space, which prefigures, as it were, the story of the destruction of the temple and the disappearance, not total disappearance, but the hiddenness of God. There is another way to read it, which is that Davali Bo Kibad Biat Banav Biatsa refers not to God, but refers to Adam. In the previous line in this particular kina, it says, God limited the, the statue of, of the first Adam, and he showed Adam, the many Midrashim to this effect, that Adam has the Sefer, he sees all of humanity that is to proceed from Adam. So the idea that Adam is looking into the future, and if that be the case, perhaps there's a different speaker, not God lamenting, but rather Adam. God called to Adam, and Adam answered, Ayeka. Ayeka means, where are you? Where are you in times of distress? And that is part and parcel, and a central part of the keynote, is not just to describe the fallen state, but to wonder, where is God in all this? Ayeka, where are you? So Kaliya's poem lends itself to two, different, very, two very different interpretations. And the idea here that it's all foretold contains within it a kind of criticism. How can you expect more? The human condition is one of 
falling is one of mistakes, is one of sinfulness. And given that fact, that it's built into creation, why are we paying the penalty for what in fact is the human condition? And that's one of the themes that emerges from many of Kaliyah's keynote and other keynotes as well. There is a kind of complaint over here. So there is, there are different ways to read this. And in fact, this particular keynote lends itself to something very different, which is how did it happen? That is to say, what are the events that led up to this? That the day of Tishabav is a day of reflecting not on just the final product, but how did we arrive at this point? And in fact, if you think about it, that's the idea of the three weeks. The idea of the three weeks is framed by Shivasa Batamus, which is the story of the breaking of the tablets, which is the story of the golden calf, the first great sin of those that left the land of Egypt. And it culminates in the story of the Miraglim, the spies, where the decree is, is given at that point that this particular group of people cannot move forward. The next generation will move forward, but these people have gone as far as they can go. But if you see it from that perspective, then the day of Tishabov, the Miraglim story, is not a story in and of itself. The story of the Miraglim is a culmination of what came before. So the day of Tishabov provides us with an opportunity to think much more deeply about not just where we are, but how we got there. And that is a emerging from this particular kina as well. How do we end up over here, of course, is a very important study, because we're thinking in how we ended up here. We're beginning to think how in the future we won't make those kinds of mistakes and we could end up in a much better place. But again, within this particular kinah, there contains, I think, and it's not explicit, an implicit question about our own responsibility. And this question about our responsibility and God's part in all this is one that is constantly emerging from the keynote. It's one of the reasons Rabbi Salvechik thought that the keynote are problematic and we require a justification. This is the kina over here how in Kalir plays with the word Eicha. Eicha Ayeka. The very next kina of Kalir again plays with the word Eicha, but in a different way. And it's to that next kina that we will presently turn our attention.